listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. Well, good day. I hope that you're doing well uh, wherever you are watching. I hope today's word blesses you. We're a few weeks into a series uh, which is called Our Lives, His Vision. And what we're looking at here is the philosophy of discipleship that Jesus invites us into. We have three elements to this. First of all, abide with Jesus. Second, be renewed by Jesus. And thirdly, we go with Jesus. And today, what we're going to be looking at is the second element of that, the being renewed by Jesus. And in order to do this, I want to begin with a passage that we find uh, from the book of Isaiah. And we're going to be looking at chapter 40 and beginning at verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Many of the elements of renewal are found in this passage. This passage which gives hope to those who find themselves exhausted weary, tired, stuck in their spiritual lives, who feel that they've come to a kind of roadblock in their lives. This is hope for a world which is tired, faced by problems which seem insurmountable, for a church which finds itself in decline or spiritually infertile. This is hope that God actually wants to bring renewal. And renewal is woven into the fabric of creation. It's everywhere. So this means either we align with God's project of renewal or we ignore it or resist it. And since the fall, when Adam and Eve chose to build their own order apart from God, apart from his life giving power in which sin and death and destruction came into the world, And the good creation that God had made out of the chaos that we encountered at the beginning of the book of Genesis, that that then is interrupted as sin comes into the world. And ever since then, God has been about the business of renewal in the world. Renewal is how God moves history towards his ends. The most powerful moment we see of how God is working renewal throughout history is on the third day when Jesus having died upon the cross for that sin, death and destruction that Adam and Eve brought into the world, which marks each of us as human beings, that Jesus gave his life upon the cross. For three days, he was in the ground. Seemingly nothing was happening. Something was occurring underneath the surface of the ground. And on the third day, He burst out into the world in resurrection, revived, renewed. And thus renewal is breaking out in the world as God moves history towards his ends. 
and the end of this story. We may not know the exact details of how we get to the end. Only God knows. But what scriptures tell us is that God is going to renew the heavens and the earth. And the final image of scripture is of the new Jerusalem coming down from the clouds and of an earth and a people of God renewed with God who brings power and refreshing to the weary. One way to think about renewal in a really simple form is to understand that renewal has four stages. And we can compare these stages. The word renewed is to be made new. Often we talk about revive. Revive is bringing something back to life. And we can look at how we as humans have different, uh, I guess, phases we can find ourselves in. And all of these align with the spiritual life. The first phase is when we are alive in full health, we are awake to our full potential as God created us, operating as God designed us. Often when we're alive, we realize our identity. We realize the potentials and promise that God has for us. But then we can have those moments when we move to the second phase where we become sick. To be sick is to be afflicted, to be infected, to be ailing. In other words, for sickness, we may use about a culture or a system is that it's corrupt. Health has gone and a new ailment is here of sickness. And we see this not just in our physical bodies, but we see this also in our spiritual lives. That sometimes we can find ourselves looking backwards at a time when we were spiritually alive. Perhaps that's when we first became a Christian or perhaps a phase when God felt really close, when we were walking closely with him. And just as the human body can be affected by a whole wealth of different ailments, so can the spiritual life be affected. We can fall into periods where we have let sin into our lives. Perhaps slowly the values of the world have replaced the values of God's kingdom. Perhaps we just enter into a period of passivity, of apathy. Perhaps we are hurt and maybe there's legitimacy to being hurt, but that hurts then like a wound untreated and unsanitized then festers becoming an infection. There are many different ways that we can fall into spiritual ailment. Sometimes churches can find themselves living in the previous season where instead of an active relationship with God, we fall just into a tradition which is devoid of God's spirit. Other times we can find the church heading into various kinds of heresies where it moves beyond the confines, the rail guards of scripture and God's revelation, forgetting his word and instead replacing it with the authority of the world. There are many, many ways we can fall as individuals, as cultures, and as the people of God into spiritual sickness. When someone is sick in hospital, there's different language we know whether how well they are. Often you'll hear this on the news. Someone is in hospital, but they're in a stable condition is a language which says, yes, they're sick, they're ailing, but they're actually okay. But when we hear that someone is in a critical condition, perhaps they're comatosed or the third stage incapacitated, what this means is that our sickness has now taken hold of the individual. When someone is incapacitated, they're unable to function. They're devoid of power. They're robbed of their abilities. 
Their sickness, their ailment has taken a very serious turn. And we can see this too in a church, an individual, a culture, when things have gotten really bad. The errors that were walked out yesterday now have consequences. Faith has been reduced to a mere flicker. Corruption has taken hold in a church. The spirit has seemingly disappeared. And the church or the individual is reflecting anything but the kingdom of God. But at those moments when seemingly all is lost, when everything seems to have been paralyzed and paused, when crisis comes, that's the exact moment that so often God brings renewal. Crisis leads to renewal. And so the fourth stage is then we are revived. We're brought back to life, regaining health. We're activated. We're strengthened. This is what Psalm 40 is speaking about. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth can grow weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And revived then returns to spiritual aliveness. That full health for individuals, churches, the people of God, or a culture where we're operating to our divine design. Now, at this time, I think it's absolutely vitally important that we grasp the centrality of renewal to the Christian faith. This in our new reality is an important truth to grasp. Because we're living a very different kind of life at the moment where there are many roadblocks that we hit, where many people at this time find themselves both physically but even spiritually exhausted. When we hear those words of Isaiah 40 and we say, yes, that's what we feel like. We are weary. And in this time, as the disruptions have happened of the last 18 months, many have even found themselves stumbling and falling in their faith. So in order to look how this pattern of renewal that we've just outlined of being alive, of then sickness coming in, of being incapacitated, but then God bringing reviving and renewing to see how this works actually in our lives. I want to take us through a little bit of an illustration so we can see how this really digs in in the real world. And the place we want to start is that most of us have our plans and a preferred future. That we imagine. You may to see this on the graphic uh, that will be at the bottom of the screen. Just think for a moment about what kind of preferred futures you have in your mind and maybe even in your heart. Now, most humans have a vision of a preferred future, no matter how far they feel from it. Now, most of us, because we are human beings, and particularly if we have been shaped by the culture of the West, is that our desire is to get to that preferred future as quickly and as pleasurably as possible. We want to arrive at that imagined destination without having to give up that much. We want to get there as cheaply and as efficiently as we possibly can. Now, what's really interesting 
is we as humans have this tendency since the fall, just as Adam and Eve tried to create a new kind of order in the world by rejecting God's rule and reign. They chose to try and be like God's. That was to try and bring about God's preferred future in their own strength. And as they did that, they began to reshape God's preferred future in their own fashion. And so we as humans inevitably trend towards defining and achieving our plans and preferred future in our own strength. And inevitably, because we're doing this in our own strength, this causes problems. Those problems may come from within or they may actually come from without. Perhaps they're problems that we have not caused, but inevitably when we have our plans in the future and we want to get there as quickly and as efficiently and as pleasurably as possible, we hit roadblocks. Something comes in the way. Something stops us, a complication, something which we didn't see coming, something out of the blue or perhaps something we knew was going to arrive. Whatever the details of the roadblock looks like, all of us hit roadblocks, which then come between us, blocking us and the preferred future. Now, again, this is true of individuals, of the people of God and of cultures. Now, when we hit a roadblock, we can react really in four different ways. The first one is because our plan is to get to the preferred future through human power, because that's what the fall trends us towards doing, is that we can just then try and hit the accelerator to push the pedal to the floor. If we hit a problem, we just expand, turn it to 11 and try and get there through using more human power, more grit, more determination, more cunning, more of you. The second reaction is that many people hit the roadblock and just stop. We fall into a kind of passivity, a paralysis. All of a sudden the insecurities take over. We can't get past this roadblock. And so we stop. Others will cast anger and blame. We'll hit a roadblock. It will rise up in us a frustration that we can't get to our preferred future. And so what we actually do is look for someone to blame. We may blame ourselves. We may fall into doubt and and insecurity and self-hatred. Or we might start pointing the finger around the place. Why have we not gotten to the preferred future? We don't look at the problem, we try and assign blame. And the last way that often humans do is give up. We'll just set a new preferred future. Can't do that, reinvent it, reinvent yourself and head off in a new direction. Now, we inevitably in life hit roadblocks and disruptions. Many of you will look at those different ways that we react to those disruptions and roadblocks And we'll see some of yourself in them. I look at them myself and think probably I've gone through all of them. Maybe in some roadblocks, I've cycled through all of those four different ways that we can react. But I think this is really key for us at this moment. As we are recording this, Australia, 
is just experiencing a bunch of disruptions through the pandemic, which is now 15, 16 months been going for. And all of a sudden things change again. Some of you may be watching this in other states or places that are locked down. You may have come back from a red zone and are in lockdown at this point in time. And yet again, we find that in this world, it's really hard to predict the future. The roadblocks keep coming, coming out of left field. And so we are looking at a world beyond even the pandemic, which is becoming more and more complex. Complex environments are different to complicated environments. In complicated environments, you may hit one or two roadblocks. But in a complex environment, things seem non-linear, things coming out of left field. There are more and more disruptions as we head to a future where we're not just interrupted by this pandemic, but by a world that's getting closer to each other, but more conflicted. There's environmental challenges, technological disruptions, politics is changing, culture is moving at a rapid rate. The future in which we will inhabit is going to be one of disruptions where it's going to be really hard to plan an efficient, straight, pleasurable route to your preferred future. COVID in many ways hasn't changed the world. It's simply signaled how the world is already changing. Now, a world of interruptions, though, of disruptions and disappointment. When we read Isaiah 40, we see that there's actually an invitation to look beyond the problem to the God who is bigger than the problem. To look beyond the disruption to the Lord who is greater than the disruption. So a world of interruptions disruptions, disappointments and roadblocks actually needs to be reframed as an arena for renewal. For when we hit a roadblock, a disappointment, a disruption, we as disciples give it to God. As a disciple, Jesus told us in Mark's gospel to take up our cross, deny ourselves and follow him. When we get there and realize that we can't get past the roadblock in our own strength, there is an invitation to stop trying to do things in our own strength and actually die to our attempts to move the world to our preferred future without God. To shape the ends according to our parameters, to make our wants the word. We are invited into dying to self. And what happens is when you hit a roadblock and when you die to self, you go deep. We don't go over as Christians. We don't bash through. We don't go around. We don't go back. What we do as disciples is we go deep. When we die to ourselves, we go deeper into the ground and we go deep. Now, this way is not popular. This way is not often taught, even in many churches. This way is hidden, it's underground, and it doesn't register in the usual metrics of how the world defines success. A lot of stuff can be happening under the surface and the world doesn't see it. When we die to self, often that is such a personal thing between us and God that others do not see it happening. 
And it's really hard to even share that experience with others because it's so closely personal in our relationship between us and God. But when we take this step into the unseen, invisible things, we're stepping into a different world, the world which has been breaking out since Jesus incarnated into the world and announced that the kingdom was here. The year of the Lord's favor was close. And what we do is when we're stepping out of the world's metrics, we're then stepping into the kingdom's metrics and the kingdom, as Donald Crabill called it, is an upside down kingdom with a very different set of rules as to how the world operates. And what happens at this moment is when we die to self, when we go under, is actually we step into the world of faith. Renewal is beginning to work in us. Now, what happens is so often we will hit a problem and we go under and we go deeper with God. Our faith is renewed. And then we keep heading towards our preferred future. But again, because we are human beings living in a creation which groans for redemption, is that inevitably we hit another roadblock. We hit another roadblock. And we've just learned a lesson where we've gone deep. And so often what we think as believers is, okay, I I went deep. I've done that. I've made that sacrifice. So I'm just going to keep going at that level just at that depth, we'll just keep going, but we hit another problem and we bang up against it again. So often the things that worked in the last season don't enable us to to get through the problem of the current season. And what what happens so often is that then we're invited into a deeper level of dying to self. Sometimes it's actually the same problem returning. For the person who struggles with insecurity, the person who struggles with pride, the person who struggles with an ongoing temptation, so often that will come back and what the devil will tell you is you haven't gotten anywhere. Look at you, you got past it last time, here it is, it's arrived again and you start to fall into that temptation. Okay, I'm going to do it in my strength this time or I'm just going to give up or I'm actually going to point the finger of blame or I'm actually just going to try something else. But at that moment, what happens is we are then invited to go deeper again. Remember, the way is not over. It's not through. It's not around. It's through going deeper. Disciples go deeper. So new challenges bring new growth. Deep roots go really deep into the ground. And what we find as this process happens and in a world where we encounter as human beings these roadblocks, these problems, these challenges, internal, external, in the environment between us and the preferred future that we have, is that we go into a process. And what is happening in this process is God is renewing us. This is God turning the bad for good, as the book of Romans tells us. The problems that continually come before us are actually in a judo move from heaven, flipped into opportunities for growth. That's not saying they're not hard. That's not saying that they're not difficult. That's not saying they're not painful and sometimes wounding or even just sometimes straight up evil. But what God does is he enables a way for you to in the process of dealing with these problems when we rest on his strength is that we're renewed. We're undoing 
what Adam and Eve did. We're not doing it. Jesus has paid the ultimate price on the cross, which we could never pay. But what we can do is walk in Jesus's way. And the way of walking in Jesus's way is actually not doing it in our own strength. And every time we do that, it's like we just stop wrestling. And when we stop wrestling, we go deeper. Now, what is absolutely fascinating is that in this process of spiritual renewal, so much of it is hidden. So much is not seen. You can't share it with your friends sometimes. You can't put it on Instagram posts. You can try, but you cannot communicate what it is to die to self and have that flesh, that part of us which wants to do everything in our own strength, have that ripped. And there's that moment where what that delivers you is greater spiritual depth. But what's happening, and this is the incredible thing about renewal, is that when you are renewed and you keep saying yes to God and you keep going deeper in him and you keep dying to self, you actually get something. So people can't see those little events where you're saying, God, at this moment, I just give this problem to you. I can't get around it in my own strength. But what begins to happen is you begin to emanate a fragrance. You actually begin to have something that is magnetic about you. And what that is, is spiritual authority. Spiritual authority. What is spiritual authority? Spiritual authority emerges when you're no longer living your story, you're living his story and people are drawn to Christ in you. When you are an empty vessel, but filled with his spirit, when you're a walking temple where people encounter his presence because you're putting aside your own personal power. And when they encounter you, they don't encounter the limited power of one human being. They actually encounter the overflowing power of the Most High. And at this moment in the world when so many people are being let down, often by Christian leaders and Christian organizations and secular leaders who are trying to do things in their own strength. This is a moment where we need to rediscover the process of renewal that unleashes amongst the people of God's spiritual authority. The people who are running big Christian organizations or pastors or presidents of whatever in the Christian world, they're not the only ones who get spiritual authority. Every believer in the New Testament is called to walk into having spiritual authority. This is for everyone. Now, the amazing thing is, as this process of renewal occurs, as we hit problems and die to self and go deeper, as we step into that pattern of God reviving us at those moments when it feels most hopeless, as spiritual authority comes from us, we're becoming more like Christ. And what happens is we begin to head towards our preferred future, but there's an amazing switch. At the beginning, we were defining what our preferred future looked like according to our human parameters. But through this process of renewal that happens over a lifetime as we develop as disciples, is that the preferred future, which may have had elements of God's preferred future, increasingly we find ourselves at a depth encountering that future and seeing actually the bigger, grander, more vaster idea of God's future that we could not ourselves imagine. 
We start to have spiritual vision. So when we encounter the preferred future, it's not our preferred future. It's not our dreams. God expands our vision and we find ourselves in this process of renewal and transformation where we're not wanting what we want as human beings. We're wanting what God wants. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Eric Liddell, who made famous in the movie Chariots of Fire, who ran in the Olympics and went and became a missionary overseas. There's the famous line where he says, when I run, I feel his pleasure. And he speaks of when he was running, he felt like he was doing what God had created him to do, that God had created him to be this person who could run at this Olympic level. And when he did that, but pointed towards God, he recognized that God's pleasure was what he was running for. So many of us have been raised on a form of Christianity, which often is about becoming a disciple so we can run for our pleasure. When we go through this process of renewal, of dying to self, when we encounter that preferred future, it's God's ordained future. And we, at that point, We're no longer running for our pleasure. We're running for his pleasure. Now, I think that this process is so phenomenally important at this time. This is an absolute word in season for us. At Red, we have felt the call to renewal for some time. We have preached on this now for a number of years. But it feels like its resonance is just getting stronger. Now, over a year and a half into a global pandemic where the church has been disrupted, our plans to do what we want to do when we want to do it has been disrupted. We've had, like so many churches, so much interruptions where we couldn't even physically meet together over the last 12 months. So much of our lives have not been done in the usual social spheres that they were only a few years ago. There's been times of tremendous isolation, disappointment, roadblocks. And at this moment, I believe there is this incredible invitation into renewal. Way back at the beginning of the pandemic, I felt this real sense of the Holy Spirit asking us a really dangerous question. After all of this is done, how are you going to come back stronger? And I just want to affirm, those of you who are watching this all these months later, so many of us thinking this is going to last six weeks, this will last maybe six months, maybe at the beginning of 2021 it will be over, and we're still here. If you're still watching, I just want to affirm that you've been going deeper. I just want to affirm that God's been doing things in you in the hidden places. I want to reframe how you're seeing this and actually realizing that some of us have been gaining spiritual authority, even at the exact moment we feel like we've lost freedoms, we've lost different things, there's so much disappointments, things we couldn't do, there's separation, all that stuff that has happened in this time. God is taking us deeper. God's taking Red Church deeper. Red Church looks very different now than it did at the end of 2019 because of all the disruptions that have happened. We are now at a point where the only way forward is to go deeper because we don't have the power to get around this in our own strength as individuals, 
as a church. But this is a renewal. This is the renewal that comes at crisis. So I just want to repeat that question. How do we come back stronger? How do we come back stronger? We say yes to the process of renewal that God is inviting us into. So well done. Keep pushing in. Keep going deep. Your friends may not see it. You may not even see it at times. But God is creating a renewal people, a remnant. He's preparing us for the next phase of the thing that he wants to do in the world. Through you, through us as a church, through his broader church in the world. Let's say yes to the process of renewal. Father, we come before you at this time. Our sense of being able to plan, our sense of being able to predict, our sense of having a clear path that is pleasurable, efficient, easy to our preferred future, that myth is quickly falling down. We know we're entering into a period in the world where there's lots of disruption. There's economic clouds, there's geopolitical clouds, there's all kinds of clouds on the horizon. But Father, we don't want to be people of the problem. We want to be people who are actually of Jesus. We want to look beyond the roadblocks. We want to go deeper with you. We know you have a way and you're moving history towards your ends. And so we want to say yes to the process that you've had us in. We want to say yes to that sense of going deeper with you where you're transforming us. I want to thank you, Jesus, and praise you for the people watching now who after all these months of disruption are still tuning in. For the people who are worshipping today in person. For the people of God that you have been forming in this time, for the hidden work that's been happening that sometimes we haven't even realized. Thank you, Jesus, that you are renewing us. And we just want to pray in hope. And we actually want to claim in faith the victories that will come on the other side of this. As you're strengthening your church, the church around the world has actually gotten smaller in many places. There's people who have fallen out of the pattern, have not come back, have deconstructed things during this time, have gotten frustrated in a personal, political sense and walked away. But Father, I just want to thank you for those who are continuing and pressing into you. Strengthen them. Help them soar like on the wings of eagles at this time. Be their source of power, be their everything. Spirit, walk with them. And I just want to pray in Jesus' name as we move into a time of reflection, that we can pray and we can pray through remembering what you've done in the last 18 months. It's been hard, God. It's been difficult for the world. But I want to thank you for the gold that you have left that shines in the middle of all that dirt. Thank you for what you're doing in us. We want to keep walking forward. We want to go deep with you. We want to say yes to your process of renewal. In your name, amen.